I believe we're about to enter in to one of the greatest missions movements we've ever seen. But it's not gonna be our old paradigm of that. It's gonna be the everyday believer activated in the love of God. The everyday believer going, I have permission through the Great Commission. What does it mean for me to go? When he said, go into all the earth, maybe that means you having a small Bible study at your kitchen table and pouring into five girls. And you change those five girls' lives and you have no idea what those five girls are gonna go do. I'm Rand Walquist, and I have a passion for story, hearing about and sharing journeys with ordinary people who live extraordinary lives. Today's guest is Lindy Conant of Circuit Riders, a worship leader, recording artist, missionary, and world-changing mother of two. Lindy's passion is to see her life be a catalyst for mobilizing mission movements in this generation. With nearly 250,000 monthly listeners on Spotify alone, Lindy is a voice in the darkness. Come on, grab a cup of coffee, turn it up, and get ready to encounter God in a new way. Here's Lindy. Yes, my name is Lindy Coper. Um, Some people may recognize it as Lindy Conant. Although I've been married for five years, the transition is still happening. But um, yeah, with YWAM Sucker Riders, if you're not familiar with that, YWAM is Youth with a Mission. And I live in Huntington Beach, California with the Circuit Riders Ministry. And I feel like we've been here for 10 years, but we feel like we're just getting started. I My husband is Chase. Kofer, he helps lead the House of Prayer in Circuit Riders and just a He's bunch awesome. of our other tour stuff and got two little babies. Uh, one baby was, we dropped out of foster care. Yes. Parker. And then Zion, we got pregnant with him a month after we got our first foster care placement. <laughs> so we oh, are no. in baby land and it's <laughs> You're awesome. In you are in deep, Lindy. Yes. How did you come to, I guess, your relationship with God? I understand that you're a PK, right? Yeah. How did you transition from a PK through uh, who you are right now? Yeah. <laughs> Long I, journey. Basically, yeah. It, <laughs> it, I love it because being raised in the church, I have this amazing foundation of the word of God. And I believed who God was, but I didn't have a personal relationship with him. Mm-hmm. Like I heard someone say this once. I I knew all the symbols, but I didn't have the substance. Like I knew all the right things, but I didn't have the substance of faith that was activated in my life. And so, but I was always very curious because I'm like, if this is real, like if this whole storyline is real, then I have to know, I just have (laughs) to know. And that's kind of where I settled my heart around the age of 16, 17. And there was actually a girl in my high school who was like on fire for God. And I was like, what is that? And I wouldn't say it was hunger. It was more curiosity. That arose in me of like, what does she know? I want to find that. (laughs) And so I actually just started hanging out with her. And then she would go on like the spring break missions trip, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And so I hopped on one of those. Yeah. (laughs) I hopped on one of those and I was like, I feel like called to this. Like, I feel like I'm myself right now. Mm -hmm. It was weird. I can't explain it. Now I look back and it's just a God story. The spirit was leading me without me knowing that. So I asked my parents if I could take a gap year and Mm -hmm. do a mission school after high school. And they were like, absolutely. So I went and did that. And I went, I Googled mission school and that's how I got to YWAM Kona. So I did a discipleship training school. It's three months of teaching and three month outreach. And it flipped my whole world upside down. And when I say that, what I mean is I met the substance of faith. And and beyond that, I met 
the love of Jesus, that it wasn't just this ethereal, believe in God so you don't go to hell. It was a real person that was born of a virgin, gave his life for love, redeemed us back to God. And now he sent his spirit and we get to live in between the first and second coming of Jesus. And I went, I just remember thinking, why didn't anyone ever tell me this? (laughs) Like, why didn't anyone, like, how did I not catch it? It's so weird, isn't it? That like you have all this information and upbringing stuff like that, but it's until you like really like encounter God, just the presence of a living God. I had of being raised in the church amplified it a hundred times because then all the scriptures I knew all the songs I knew everything it came to life and so it was like everything felt like it came to life so So then when I read through the scriptures and I seeing all these statements from Paul I'm like these make sense to me now like death to life you know or it's no longer I who live but Christ lives in me all these things so it was definitely the God story and then Long story short, I ended up asking my parents would they bless me to just stay on staff for a few years. And mm. here I am, uh, oh. 2007, <laughs> what? So almost 13 years oh, later, wow. 14 years later. That's still amazing. Still with YWAM and, and it's just been a fun journey. Oh, that's so exciting, man. Now, I know because I've read a little bit of your bios that you, mm-hmm. as a young, young girl, dealt with some depression as well. Yeah. Um, I think that that's such an important thing for people that are listening to hear. I dealt with that as a young as a young man too. Even as a as an old guy now, um, and a pastor, I still am in process of that because I know that that's yeah. you know the enemy won there with me for a while, yeah. and I think he's like so desperate that he kind of keeps trying to go back to the same thing. So I got to protect myself from some of those things. But where what was the process of you experiencing that kind of weight of depression and then victory, if you have victory? Oh, such a good question. I was actually thinking the other day, I don't share this story a lot because now it's like when I talk to people, it's normally around worship, foster care, and sometimes Mm -hmm. there's not an opportunity for this to come up. But I was just thinking literally last night about Mm -hmm. this season of my life and how sometimes I'll even feel anxiety when I come back Mm -hmm. in. So I know this is the Holy Spirit because I hadn't thought about that so long. I was thinking about it last night. And I just remember going, sometimes waves of anxiety will still 
try we'll still come up it's like yeah. you feel the wave coming and you're like okay lord what do i do because for me it was anxiety was really then the trigger of depression so I just remember going to DTS and it was the week on spiritual warfare. And I was like, spiritual warfare. Like I'd never heard that term before. Yeah. I had no idea what they were talking about. It was pretty <laughs> like, I believed in the spiritual realm, mm -hmm. but I had no right. teaching on it, no personal Substance, revelation yeah. of it, yeah, nothing yeah. like that. So I remember the guys talking and it's like, that's like the beautiful thing about YWAM is it's interdenominational. Mm -hmm. And some of the, speakers in your DTS will even contradict each other. And I remember when I asked our school leader, like, what the heck? They were like, it's so you run after God and you find him yourself. And I was like, I love this. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But on spiritual warfare, they started talking about a spirit of depression and generational curses. And I was like, what? These people are crazy. I was like, <laughs> I've never like, what yeah. are they talking about? Like, yeah. This is so weird. But then I was like, what do I have to lose? Like, I dealt with so much depression and I feel like it would come and go and it felt uncontrollable to me and thoughts of suicide and just all the stuff, all the stuff that comes with it, all real symptoms of like depression, you know, just my parents, I'm going to counseling I'm, and I'm like, I don't know. I, I can't describe how to get rid of what I'm feeling. So they pray for me and the power of God came on me and I was like, what is happening? And then I just remember being out, falling on the ground and maybe getting up two or three hours later. And yeah. everyone was like, what? And I was like, and literally my eyes were like a different color. Wow. And it Praise was God. a moment where I went, what just happened? And mm. I felt like I was in this, this, you know, I, I experienced salvation. I was experiencing healing. Um, but then it was like, I experienced deliverance. And when I, you know, for a lot of people, I experienced deliverance, but to say I never uh, battled with it again would not be true. Yeah. I think the generational pattern of it got broken, but I Amen. think there's habits in my life that will still cause it to creep in. And this was what I was thinking about last That's night good. was I love that. if you don't have revelation, surrender to Jesus, then you can't, it will be so hard to win any battle in your life. Because last night I was sitting there and I just felt like, whoa, I feel this anxiety coming at me. And I was mm. like, okay, I know how to deal with this. Like. Right. He trains my hands for battle. He trains my hands for war. So I just sat, I took a deep breath and I was like, where is this coming from? No idea. So I just went, Lord, I surrender. I'm using this anxiety or I'm using this depression as an opportunity to get closer to you. And so I think God, sometimes we think, why is God mad at me? Like, why can't I get rid of this? And God is good. And sometimes his, I'm not saying that God yeah. does not ordain sickness. But if you will lean in, when you are experiencing cycles of depression and cycles of anxiety, instead of drowning in it, let him jump in the water with you and just on, go, man. I don't get this, but I'm surrendering my life. That's so and good. I need you to meet me here. I need you to meet me here. I need Jesus. That's so good. And last night I just went, oh, then it's like weird. You become like grateful. Mm. You're like, thank you. Mm. that you use my suffering to draw me unto you. And so I just think for those listening or those that have friends, depression is a real pandemic yeah. in our nation. That's yeah. where I'm like, let's talk about, I, I, I mean, yes, COVID is a pandemic, but there are so many issues that have been surfaced because of COVID. And I think yeah. this is one of them. And I heard, I was listening to the Upper Room live stream on Sunday mm -hmm. and Michael Miller was reading statistics and I was 
shook because it went, it, the statistics where he read was what changed in the era of social media and how that has mm-hmm. affected depression, uh, thoughts of suicide, oh all the stuff. And I just was like, if we don't know how to talk about this and not just walk up to someone and go, I rebuke depression. Like right. there's no personal <laughs> yeah. right. thing. Right. It's like, Hey, right. no, Jesus wants to meet you where you're at. Right. He wants you to come as you are. And it's, I remember one time I had this picture and you know, I, again, this is like totally a songwriter moment. <laughs> but again, I was feeling that anxiety yeah. again. And I was like, no. And I felt like I was trying to rebuke this anxiety. And I felt the Lord say, no, Lindy, introduce anxiety to peace. Ooh. And I sat down and I went, oh, oh. I love that. That's so and good. And I got on my keys and I said, dear anxiety, meet the Prince of Peace. Mm. He's come here and he's conquered you. Um, mm. And it was just, it changed my mindset of like, instead of trying to get rid of like the weeds and the bad fruit, it's like, right. no, I'm going to introduce these weeds to good soil where you can't grow here. That's so good. I love that. I think that's so helpful because, you know, I, I think in partnership with this stuff as a believer, scripture says we're to lay hands on the sick and they shall be healed. And that's the expectation. Yeah. And that's what we see so often. But there's there's almost in that a shame that comes over us when we realize, mm-hmm. well, wait a minute, am I not qualified? Am I not faithful enough? Am I not believing enough? And all that that junk, you know, the demonic spirit of like doubt and all those different things come upon yeah, us. Yeah. And it's like so I think it's so good at introducing shame to victory or yeah. introducing depression to to joy you know that that yes. concept is so beautiful oh that's awesome man you were in kona yep. for a couple of years and then you yeah four you, years they asked you to sing when you were young and you're like okay and and you just like killed it and holy spirit landed in your throat um <laughs> i love you've I, really done your research i'm impressed <laughs> well i love your music i i love the way you worship live I just, I love the way that you flow. I love the way that you, I, you know, just watching you, I can almost tell when there's like a wave, like a fresh wave coming on you, like, you know, and that's just such a, and and I got to tell you, it's like a gift to be able to flow in that moment of spontaneity and utterances, hearing, listening. How important is it to be listening as a worship leader? Yeah, it's, it's pretty important. And I, you know, someone asked me recently, how do you prepare your heart for worship? Mm. And I said, well, prayer. And you have to remember that ministry, when you say the word ministry, something comes to your mind. You think either right. laying hands on the sick or preaching the gospel or whatever it may be, right? You have your own perception of what ministry is. But biblically, I mean, we see this in the Old Testament temple. And then when Jesus is now bringing the kingdom, the new covenant, it's like it's ministry to the heart of the Lord overflows into ministry for people. And I feel like it's so important to cultivate ministry to the heart of the Lord because it's in that place you learn to listen. Because I feel that, you know, one time someone said to me, I don't ever worry about worship leading because it's just about me singing to him and he can do whatever he wants. And I was like, well, I love that. That is so pure. Like that's yeah. so beautiful. Yeah. There is a level though, where we are serving and washing feet and going, Holy spirit, how do I partner with what you're doing in this church? Mm-hmm. How do I partner with what you're doing in this campus? How do I partner with you as a vessel, as an yes. empty vessel? And listening is so key to leading worship because when you are constantly on the journey of going, Father, fine tune my ear to hear you. 
then you can partner with the Holy Spirit in a really beautiful way. And an example of that would be, let's just, you know, because we do a lot on college campuses. So say we're on Vanguard and I'm leading worship and say I'm not listening, but every night I just feel to go after depression, but it's not what God's doing. Right. Then it, it doesn't pierce the way it could. Absolutely. And so it's so important to be listening because I've had moments where I, I've literally stopped and gone, there are people in this room right now who are not saved. Yeah. And I'm just gonna preach the gospel and give you an opportunity to surrender your life to Jesus. And that just comes from that still small voice, that listening. And so in this place of worship and bringing an offering to Him, creating space for Him, the presence of God, we're also listening of going, Lord, ministry to your heart is my number one. And so let that overflow into ministry for the people that I'm serving. So it's, I think okay. listening is a huge part of not just leading worship, but leading anything. Just living. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love that because it's sometimes we can be so rehearsed and I'm thinking about your story as a depressed teenager and mm-hmm. somebody who's, you know, a lot of that manifests as like self-doubt and self-hate and all that kind of junk, right? right? And then here you are um, on a platform in front of 10 people or 10,000 people, and you feel the confidence to just lean into the Father. Like you have, you have the ability to just feel free and not stick to the script, but really just chase after what he's asking you to be a part of and that i think that's so beautiful because that's really the freedom right from that that thing that is like seemingly disqualified you in the past and i just want right. that to be i want that to be an encouragement to people too because man sometimes we can get so in our head that you know like you said you know why well, have this really great message on depression right and yeah and that'll hit but it's not going to hit if it's it's not going to hit the same as if God is whispering, you know what? It's not a depression night. We need to talk about victory tonight, or we need to talk about salvation tonight. I just commend you for that because that's really the fruit of being free, right? Amen. That's awesome. What does your method look like for writing worship? That's a great question. So I, it's a combination of everything for okay. sure. I yeah. have the moments where it's like, I got my little piano right here and mm-hmm. I just like, we'll come and sit in here and just sing to God and maybe something comes out, mm-hmm. maybe not. Yeah. If I feel like, oh, that felt like the Lord was giving me that for people, for something else, or you know what I mean? Or like, maybe I should do something with that. But a lot of times I'll just go for it with the Lord. But a huge way I song right is taking moments from live worship and then going, okay, mm-hmm. let's unpack this. Let's finish this. There was something on that chorus. How do we develop this right. as a song? And um, I would say probably 70% of my writing is that way. Mm. but also have just, I feel called as a songwriter. I've also been really like hungry to discipline, like work different muscles of songwriting just to keep stewarding the gift. So I've probably done more co-writes in the last year than I've ever done. That's exciting. Every nation was no co-writes, you yeah. know, and then Driven by Love, there's a little bit more. And now it's like been so fun to do so many co-writes. So now, is this, you're talking about Jesus people? Oh, so Jesus people, come, yeah. yeah, that's like our first circuit writer music album and we did a ton of co-writes yeah we all wrote that album like together it was really fun i'm working on another album right now and oh you are um yeah yep that's awesome what what, what's that so we're just in the middle of going through all the songs i got this huge whiteboard next to me if you could see it but (laughs) um 
but I'll even walk you through like Empty Vessel. So that's like one of the first songs came out of the book I was reading mm. and on Second Kings about the Empty Vessel. And I got on a songwriting Zoom and someone was saying, oh man, I was reading Second Kings today. And I was like, what? So was I. So I was like, let's write about this. Sing this with me. Tear down the altars of self-righteous plans. The because it, it's already recorded on the YWAM Kona album. We're going to redo okay, yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. But it it that song came from David Brimer calling me saying, I was watching the send online. My heart is burning. I feel like wow. we need to write a song about the Lord of the harvest. And he was like, I've got some ideas. And it was just amazing. Wow. And Lord of the harvest, you deserve it all.
like, I need to sing this dream. So wow. it just goes to show how different everything comes. And oh, it's really just about stewarding the gift and just going, yeah. leaning in to people. Like my strength is choruses and bridges, right? Mm -hmm. And so the thing I always <laughs> need help on is verses and like rounding songs out. Yeah. So yeah. then I lean into people who can help me do that as well. That's awesome. I love the, the, the concept of stewarding the gift as well. I know I, you've been on a, I don't know how many missions trips. You even know how many missions trips you've been on? Probably no. a lot. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I've been a, I, I've been a missions director now for 14 years. So I've been on a ton myself. So I love Amazing. the missions field. And I got really super dissatisfied a while back, uh, probably about four years ago, because you know how it is when you're in another nation, how, how freely the Holy Spirit moves, how, how easily people yeah, get healed, right. the, uh, just overwhelmed and overtaken once again by God and his, mm -hmm. his ability to just kind of knock you back and then coming back home. And then it's like, we're telling all these stories and we're not seeing a lot of fruit. I just dove in and really began to steward. I built a team of people, called a bunch of people that have been on mission trips with me. And we just started praying and believing for it weekly and then going and practicing it in the prophetic and in the healing and, and just transformed our church that prior to COVID. We're seeing like three or four healings a week. And it was just amazing. Come on, yes. So I, I love that idea of stewarding the gift because Bill Johnson says, right, uh, practicing the presence and maintaining the presence, being aware of the dove, something that we can't miss when we're going after God in different ways. Absolutely. I love this new song. I will praise. I don't know how new Thank it is. You. It's new to me. I just discovered yeah, it. It just came out. Like, oh, okay. Friday. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I wasn't yep. sure, but I hadn't heard that one. I was listening to it. And I was like, dang, man, this is so it good. It just came out like and, last Friday. Yeah. Okay. The chorus is dope. Um, Thank you. Tell me about that song. What inspired that song? Heck yes. Yeah. So we were at an event. It was the first event we ever did with Ben Fitzgerald, who mm -hmm. does all the Awakening Europe stuff. And okay, it was like yeah, yeah. the first time we met him and it was so fun. And so we were leading worship out of, it was called Fire Conference. It was the, it's the conference for his church in Australia. So okay. we're there and you just feel like we had just led a song, one of our songs called Come What May. Mm. And the chorus of that says come what may i will obey because i find my joy in bringing you praise so we're kind of in this vein of like we'll praise the lord praise the lord and i think it was ben got up there to pray and then you just felt like wow there's wind on this like nothing stealing our praise and then that whole chorus yeah. just came out spontaneously oh my forever God. all my days nothing can steal my praise <laughs> and i will praise you and i
so just, good. And you just felt like fire and faith. When I say fire, what I mean is it, you really felt the substance of faith in that declaration. Like, oh my gosh, I'm singing truth. Because as I'm singing truth, like, I feel a freedom of the spirit and anything that's trying to steal my praise, I feel like is getting dismantled by faith right now. And so it was a really awesome, it. like incredible deal. And it was so fun to finish it. Um, I finished it with a few of my friends and I've been really excited for this song to get out. Now it's finally out. So it's so good. If you guys have not you. heard it yet, please go listen to it. It's like, you're just going to grab. You're just going to grab like a quiet moment in a room with loudspeakers and something for your knees because you're going to get down and just worship them. It's awesome. Um, Amen. Come what may is a banger too, though. Thank I love you. That. Thank I you. love that song. Oh, you're awesome. I love that song. What do you What are you sensing in your spirit for this season? I think there's layers, right? Mm. So I feel like when COVID first happened, everyone's forced in their homes. You had a layer of, okay, we've not lost God, we've not lost church, mm -hmm. and we've not lost our first love. He's here, right. and we're having right. to discover him the way the disciples did. Right. And I think most people had some sort of awakening in their lives through that lens of, okay, I can't gather, but he's here. I can't go to church, but I can have church in my house. And it, I feel like it caused a reawakening of the simplicity of the gospel. Amen. And so I feel Amen. like that was kind of the first wave of like, okay, the second wave then was you saw, um, you saw there was like a, this rise of injustice, like what you're saying, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. there's this sin of racism being yeah. like confronted like never before yeah. Yeah. exposed. God's taking it down. You have this whole thing with, children right everyone like they're like abuse is down no it's not schools no. are closed so um teachers are not reporting it yeah. people aren't reporting it yeah. but abuse according to emergency rooms is up a massive percentage right yeah. so you have this first wave of like okay god's restoring the church he's bringing us back to simplicity then you have the second wave of like we have to care about what God cares about. And I feel like it's the passive Christianity thing that the Lord is putting his finger on saying, hey, I, for God so loved the world, he sent me. And in the great commission in the book of John, we see he says, as the father sent me, so I am sending you. Yeah. It matters to God what we care about, what we pray about, oh what God, we, yeah. you know, what we burn for. And so I do feel like we're entering in and when I say this, I'll explain what I mean. I believe we're about to enter in to one of the greatest missions movements we've ever seen, but it's not going to be our uh, old paradigm of that. It's going to mm -hmm. be the everyday believer activated in the love of God, Come the everyday on. believer going, Amen. I have permission through the great commission. What does it mean for me to go when he said go into all the earth maybe that means you having a small bible study at your kitchen table and pouring into five girls yeah. and you change those five girls lives and you have no idea what Come those on, five girls Lindy. are going to go do Amen. and so i feel like it's this transition of okay we're here and we've reached this point where there's been tension there's been like all the stuff like Oh my goodness, do I agree with this? Do I not agree with this? If I do this, am I associated with this? And then it's like we where we did put hope in like a president, the Lord's like, I'm gonna oh, smash God. that, I'm gonna Thank smash you. that, I'm yep. gonna smash that. Yep. And it's just like Isaiah 6. It says, yep. In the year King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord high and lifted up. And I feel like to answer your question, that's where we're at. We must see the Lord 
High lifted up. Like in the year Donald Trump was not elected president, mm -hmm. in the year racism was exposed, in the year there was a pandemic, in the year there was, in 2020, I saw the Lord high and lifted up. And so that's where Amen. I feel, that's what I feel the commission is in this hour is, hey, keep your eyes up. Keep your eyes up. Yeah. And keep your expectation high. Always been about the body. It's always been about the everyday believer acting as if he was useful to the Father and acting as if she was capable by the Holy Spirit that dwelled within her. I think it's going to be a huge season for signs and wonders. And when you talk about back to the simplicity of the gospel and the simplicity of family, I mean, one of the things that I think came out unexpected probably by the enemy is this reconnection to family the importance of family, the importance right. of gathering. For so long, we've been a society that we used to have front porches and now we have elaborate playgrounds in our backyard and we're all to ourselves. It's not a community. We're, we're not a culture of community any longer. We build big decks and swimming pools and fences and all that stuff. We used to be, uh, you know, as a society on the front porch, waving to our neighbors. People would walk over and stop and have a cup of coffee. We've isolated yeah. ourselves in such a way. And I think it was such a, it was such a shock to the system and it kind of refocused and realigned us to the value of man, the simple things. I have one more question because I know you got to get back. Um, yes. Tell me what Heidi Baker at your wedding. Yeah. Like I am so jealous of that right now oh. because she is, she is amazing. Tell me how that happened. How do you know Heidi yeah. and how was she at your wedding? Yeah. So she's just been like a spiritual mom to me since I was probably oh, wow. like 20 years old. I got oh, married wow. at 27. So it was actually a God thing. It's actually funny you ask. Um, so I was like, there's no way she's gonna be able to come because I know her schedule. Yeah. yeah. So I was like, I'm just gonna shoot her the dates and we'll see what God does. So I'm like, hey, we picked a date. I send it to her and she's like, no way. I'm randomly in Southern California for three days and your wedding is right oh in the middle gosh. day. And I was like, are you kidding me? So <laughs> she got to come. Awesome. It was a God thing. It was beautiful. Yeah. Oh, that's so awesome. I saw you. It like, there's a, a great picture of you kneeling with her at your wedding. I, I was like, oh yeah. my gosh, that is such a special moment. It was amazing. Well, listen, I know we only have a couple minutes left, so I, I'm going to be, I'm going to, you guys are on tour coming up yes. right yes. Um, I'm, i actually already got my tickets for boston i'm gonna be there may 21st no heck yeah girl um and it's a week before my daughter's wedding so you know i love you girl because i'm i'm gonna be crazy but i'm so excited to be there and to experience Come on. live worship with you guys uh, so i'm super excited about that but tell us what else is happening how can people keep up with yeah. you lynn what yeah go ahead yeah so Everything is under Lindy Co for now. And you can help me spread the word because people still, <laughs> like I said, like five years in, the, yeah. and, like people are still like, I can't find Lindy Kona anywhere. I'm like, I did my best to make the announcement, but I don't know. Yeah. So YouTube, Lindy Coper, Instagram, Spotify, all the stuff. But Circuit Riders, we are going on tour, Jesus People Tour. The Jesus People album comes out April 9th. So we're coming up really soon. And super excited. And we're going to be coming to, I think, like 15 cities. And we're driving a truck that folds into a stage. And so we're going to be in Texas. We're going to be all over. So you can go yeah. to our website, yeah. find all that. So Circuit Rider Music, Circuit Riders, Lindy Cofer. That's where you can find about find everything we're doing. And then, of course, one of the larger initiatives we're a part of is The Send. And The Send is exciting. It's, uh, it was a stadium gathering before COVID. 
Um, we are going to gather next year in Arrowhead Stadium. It's yeah. going to be awesome. So yeah. the things to follow to kind of stay in touch with us would be Circuit Riders, The Send, and then my personal staff, Lindy Cofer. Okay. Well, listen, thank you so very much for taking out an hour and chilling with yes, us and, and you. sharing your story. Um, again, such a huge fan of you and, and of your thank heart. You. I mean, as far as modeling servitude and family and the heart of Christ and compassion, I really, it, you'd be stretched to find anybody who lives it out more obviously than you guys. And I'm so grateful for that. Wow. Thank um, you. Wow. Yeah. Well, well, we love you guys. And listen, guys, if you haven't, please go and follow these guys and support them any way you can. Are you raising money for your albums? Or are you, is that yeah, already done? Yeah, we're always raising money. Okay, yes, okay. We're raising money for okay. albums. I'm raising money for my personal album right yeah. now. Okay. So. And how do we so, find out about how to support you on that? Yeah, so you Same can, thing? I mean, it's, that's a great question, actually. You know, we actually have a missions account through YWAM. You can okay. search that way. Okay. Yeah, all the, yeah. Okay, okay, good. Girl, people want to support you. You're killing it. Wow. Thank you. <laughs> well, praise God. Have a blessed day. Give those kids a kiss for me. And thank you I so will. very much for taking out the time, Lindy. Yeah. I'll talk to really you It was really great soon. to meet you. This God was bless fun. you. God bless you. Bless you. Bye-bye. Bye. If you were blessed by this podcast and would like to know when the latest episode drops, please, for God's sake, smash the subscribe button and take just 30 seconds to give a review at Spotify or Apple Podcast. This helps us to get in front of more people and spread the gospel. Thanks again for tuning in to the Long Haired Pastor Podcast and for hanging out. Until next time, shine on.